this chicken what I have or is this fish? What are you? An idiot sandwich. Idiot sandwich what? An idiot sandwich, Chef Ramsay. I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. How dare you? Congratulations, you're a meathead, son. But you know what? Don't ever put your hands on my underwear. This is the lamb. Where's the lamb? Offended. Yeah. I mean, you really don't make friends around here, do you? I. I didn't come here for that. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Snap Back to Reality, the podcast where we revisit the trash TV we grew up with and love to hate. I'm your host, Riley Annis, and this is episode 34. And joining me for this episode is my very special guest, Danielle Gasparo. Hi, Danielle. Hello. Thank you so much for being on today. I am low-key fangirling, but (laughs) high-key fangirling just to even watch you do that intro I love hearing your voice, and I love seeing your face go along with it. (laughs) Um, So, Danielle, I am so excited to have you. Danielle actually reached out, uh, I guess, like a few weeks ago now, um, and she asked me about toddlers and tiaras, which was something that was on my list I really wanted to get to. Um, But the reason that Danielle is interested is because you have your own background in child beauty pageants. Is that right? I do. I did beauty pageants for 10 years. I'm a child of the 90s, so basically my mom wanted a mini John JonBenet Ramsey without oh my death. <laughs> so I just can't that, I mean, for me, the whole fascination with toddlers and tiaras, and obviously, hi everyone, we're doing toddlers and tiaras today, <laughs> um, uh, was that it's so, it was so foreign to me, so unlike anything I ever could imagine. So just What is it like to be in beauty pageants? So it's really strange to think about it now just because as like a grown-ass adult, I look at myself as a very progressive feminist. So when I tell my friends like, I did child beauty pageants, they're like, oh my God, your mom was the devil. Or, you know, (laughs) you hear a lot of things like that. But I came from a small town in West Virginia and it was really popular for to have pageants and things like that then. It basically just meant um, that you were hot shit and you could ride in the parade in a convertible from the local dealership, and your face was in the paper. Um, My mom, (laughs) my mom, excuse me, my mom started putting me in pageants uh, when I was two or three, so I was doing pageants probably around like 96 um, every year in our small hometown, and then finally I had like a big revelation where I won Little Miss Moorfield, which was the name of um, the town I grew up in, and that kind of opened the floodgates for me and my mom, and after I won that in 2001, I started traveling around the state, me and my mom did, uh, and did a lot of pageants around the state, so I ended up being Little Miss West Virginia in 2002, which was like a dream come true at the time, Um, and then for a few years, I was just kind of doing that and traveling all over the state to like various hotels, which is also something that you see on toddlers and TRs is just like (laughs) all these pageants are held in these like shitty holiday inns and they just like set up a dinky stage on the ballroom. Um, But you know, it's a lot of money. It was a lot of fun. Basically I consider myself a drag queen and I (laughs) 100% credit like all of that to pageants because it's basically just a mini RuPaul's Drag Race in a way because all the kids are like voguing, you're doing drag makeup. Um, it's, a, it's a wild ride and honestly <laughs> it's not one of, it's definitely one of those things that it's like once you're bit with the pageant bug you're bitten and it definitely is like that to the sense where 
I'm going to talk trash when I watch any type of pageant thing, even though I haven't done a pageant in like 10 years. Um, and I like know nothing anymore about anything like that, but I'm always going to talk trash. Me and my mom are always going to have these like looks that we give to each other when some girl's hair is out of place or something like that. So there's a really big culture that goes behind it and it's absolutely hilarious. You see a lot of tomfoolery. <laughs> <laughs> I'm God. I'm so excited to have your commentary as, go- as we go through this episode and get all of the background information on it. Um, that point about drag queen, it's, it's so funny because I remember, I remember watching like Colors and Tiaras live, like when it was airing and there was one episode in particular where one of the moms said, yeah, she said, we love drag queens and our favorite queen is RuPaul. And I, I like wrote that down. It comes up every year in my Facebook memories because I remember just like dying at that. Derek Barry and Coco Montrese have actually both been guest judges on Toddlers and Tiaras. <gasps> Yeah, so you can actually, maybe, maybe Detox, maybe, but definitely Derek Barry, and, um, and they come as, like, uh, they're Vegas impersonators, so Coco Montrese is obviously Janet, and Derek Barry is obviously Brittany, um, but, yeah, of course the drags need to judge. Honestly, if we could just bring back Toddlers and Tiaras and revamp it with all of RuPaul's Drag Race as, like, the judging panel, we could change the world. I'm, I'm imagining, like, what was it called? Drag you, but instead of women, it's just children for like competing in beauty pageants. I would love that. <laughs> um, so when the show started airing, what was your like experience watching it? Um, I feel like it started airing a little bit after I stopped participating in pageants. I kind of stopped when I was like at the end of middle school and beginning of high school, only because it was just kind of, um, in my, in my pageant words, I like to say that we all know when to hang up the crown and when it's your time to leave. And it was just personally my time to leave. And I just remember it coming on after a bunch of HBO pageant documentaries had just aired. Um, and they were a little more saucy and a little more um, gritty, which I highly recommend those. I wish I could remember the name of them. But I just remember it being a joke and I knew I was gonna love it but I also knew I was gonna get a lot of flack for oh my god is this what you did (laughs) so um one thing that I'm just kind of just popped into my mind because we were just talking about drag queens how do you feel about like pageant queens like the drag pageants Oh my God, what a question. Um, <laughs> I know this is out of note, like left field because it's well, of course, Yeah, but of course I watch RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, of course I watch Dragula. I watch all the drag platforms, I feel like. But I love a pageant queen, but personally, all I can say is I love a versatile queen. You know, you can be a pageant queen, you can be a comedy queen, fashion queen, um, all those things. But I hate a pageant queen who just always says, I'm a pageant queen. There's nothing worse then relying on that don't rely on that body like <laughs> oh my god we are the same person that's exactly my opinion as long as you're a pageant queen who has something else to bring to the table it's fine amen okay so as far as toddlers and tiaras goes i guess it's not it's no rupaul's drag race but it's still pretty good um so it started airing on tlc uh in december 2008 and aired until october 2013 which i think is like longer than i realized I feel like I definitely kind of fell out of watching it long before it stopped airing in 2013. I definitely fell out of watching it, but I remember I think maybe either it took a hiatus or 
it came back or something because I feel like they had a final season or two where they did like um, pageant coaches being pitted against each other versus like more focusing on the family. So yeah, that's a, yeah, that was my next point is they did have a three-year hiatus exactly. And then, so they did air a sequel in 2016, which I was completely like, I guess I was so concerned with like the impending Trumpocalypse that I missed this, that you were on it. Yeah. The, another. Oh God. Yeah. Girl, I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> you need something, something to like take your mind off things. Um, so the show obviously follows the families of contestants who go to child beauty pageants. But what's interesting about the show is it doesn't just feature the pageants. It also features kind of the preparation leading up. Um, I'm sure they film like weeks leading up to the pageant and shows them going to like their pageant coaches and getting their hair and their nails done and doing their makeup and everything that they need to do uh, to be pageant ready. Um, did you have a pageant coach like many of these girls do? Um, I did not have a pageant coach. I had one of my mom's good friends. It was like, oh, this girl used to cheer and dance, so she's going to come over and show you some moves type okay. of thing. Um, I was definitely, when it comes to the pageant world, I was definitely a uh, underdog. We weren't, we did not have the money resources, especially when I started competing on like the bigger level where you do see a lot of it in toddlers and TRs. Obviously that stuff takes a lot of money. Pageants take a lot of money. So we try to just be as frugal as we possibly could. I didn't have any like choreography going on or no like dance routines. Basically, my mom would just tell me, you know, you go out on the stage and like swing your hips as much as you can and flip your hair and that works sometimes. So, <laughs> yeah, it's just like so interesting that there's this whole niche industry of people who can make their living being pageant coaches because yeah, to like, you know, you just, to me, it just looks like, yeah, you swing your hips and you flip your hair and you like make a kissy face at the judges and you're golden. Well, it's so, it is so weird, man, because it is a lot like, you know, you think about um, appropriation and things like that, and you do see a lot of these young girls look like they're beginning to vogue, and you're like, where's these coaches getting these moves mm. from? And it's like, honey, you're getting these moves from the gay men at the club who are voguing or doing this, you know, and things like that, so it's pretty intense. Not only are there coaches, but there's also like when you go and you're in the hotel, they have makeup artists that are already there stationed to do your makeup. If you want to pay them extra, they have spray tan people who are already there. So, so many people bank around making money off this pageant and not just like the pageant directors. That's interesting that there's this whole like niche industry that just kind of follows the pageant world and people just making money off those little tan kids, man. Like, <laughs> I mean, if you need a tan kid, there's someone out there who can make a dollar tanning that child. Amen. Um, so obviously the show was hugely controversial because of the nature of child beauty pageants. Um, I know that I, watching it in 2019, had more nuanced feelings about the like whole affair than back when I was just like watching it earnestly, like when it was airing in 2008. Um, some of the big controversies that I just want to like touch on, like the notoriety, uh, like the legacy that Toddlers and Tiaras has left. Um, there was an episode where a mother was patting one of her, the like contestants chests uh, so that she looked more like Dolly Parton. <laughs> um, one where a uh, contestant was fake smoke. And by contestant, I mean like six year old child. I should just be like kid. Because contestant yes, makes yes, him sound yeah. like an adult. American Idol contestant or something. <laughs> yeah, of The kid, not. okay, so this, like, young child was fake smoking a cigarette because she was, like, trying to be Sandy in Greece. 
Um, there was the notorious pretty woman. <laughs> oh, iconic. Iconic. With her highlighter yellow wig. <laughs> um, and then just beyond the like provocative dressing, there was also uh, children drinking Red Bull, go-go juice, which I think was from our, our favorite girl, Alana Thompson, Honey Boo Boo. Um, which child. Red Bull, Mountain Dew, and Pixie Sticks mixed together. <laughs> just to like give them energy and pep, which I don't, don't, do six-year-olds not have enough pep? Uh, apparently not. And then that's another thing at some of those pageants, they actually have candy tables set up where you buy those things on hand for your child. It's so, I feel like it's gotta be movie theater candy prices. Like it's Oh, it totally, it totally is. It's like $10 for the jumbo pixie stick and it's bigger than your child, but it's definitely gonna, it's definitely gonna hype her up to win prettiest eyes and best personality. I feel like at this point, if you're willing to do that, she's like, you know what? Just go and find some cocaine. <laughs> like, exactly. Just go out and like buy all these things that the kid's going to be put into the pageant for too. And just like get yourself a bottle of wine. Most of the time, a lot of, a lot of those moms will be like, oh, it's been so hard on me when really it's <laughs> like you really, you just like put your kid through all this bullshit, but <laughs> you're the one that needs all these martinis. Oh, that's literally what happens in this episode is like the mom who just has the two babies who like don't do anything and she's like, oh, oh yes. I need a, I need a drink. <laughs> Kelly with an eye. <laughs> um, and so beyond um, Toddlers and Tiaras and another Toddlers and Tiaras, uh, they had a few spinoffs from the show. The big one was Here Comes Honey Boo Boo, which I, of course, was a huge fan. Uh, there was also Eden's World, which featured Eden Wood. I was I was never into Eden Wood. I wasn't an Eden fan, so I never watched that one. There was also Cheer Perfection, which I kind of, I didn't watch. I got the vibe just from reading up on it. It was kind of like Dance Moms, but with cheerleaders. Yeah, not my C's. Yeah, and then um, interestingly, there was also one called Little Miss Atlanta, which I couldn't tell if it was like just a one-off series or just a special, but it featured the Little Miss Black U.S. pageant. Yeah, I did watch that when it was on, or I found it on something one day when I was, like, searching to watch Toddlers and Tiaras, and it was definitely um, only one season, but, I mean, it was interesting, but definitely, definitely, um, it probably wouldn't have lasted, so <laughs> they probably made the right choice. <laughs> um, so I guess that was pretty much it in terms of the background that I found. Toddlers and Tiaras was, was, like, kind of straightforward with how it came into being, but was there anything else you wanted to add or talk about before we go into the episode? Uh, I don't think so. I think let's do it. I'm all set. All right. So we're these girls. <laughs> we are talking about season three, episode 10. It's the Gold Coast, Arizona pageant. Um, and this originally aired December 29th, 2010. Um, so this episode you suggested, you gave me a few suggestions. Um, why in particular did you kind of uh, decide on these out of all of the episodes and all of Toddlers and Tiara's backlog? Um, so I'm kind of with you where I was like, I'm not a big fan of Eden Wood for some reason. I, I feel like when you're thinking of Toddlers and Tiara's, you could take a lot of different routes. Um, you could take the Eden Wood route, which is like basically cardboard cutout, generic <laughs> bubble gum where her mom's just like, oh, Lil Eden's so amazing. She's going to do everything. And it's, she's blonde. It's just the American dream. And it's disgusting. And I hate it. Or you could go the much more fun route, which is what we did today with Mackenzie, 
Um, and the don't ever do that again. <laughs> I mean, Mackenzie from Toddlers and Tiaras is probably one of my favorite child, like children, childs, children of all time. And her mom literally lets this girl do whatever the hell she wants. It doesn't matter. She runs the show. And I also like when the girls can play with production really well. And I think Mackenzie like loves the production of mm -hmm. the show. So that's why I chose this one is because it's featuring our queen Mackenzie and I just live for her. I want to be Mackenzie when I grow up. I love her. <laughs> yeah, Mackenzie is so fun. I remember her um, and I was kind of considering like I was like thinking about doing a Mackenzie episode when I was just, you know, a few weeks ago, a few months ago thinking about doing this. Um, so I'm really excited that you are on board for that too. Um, so we'll just start, I guess we'll just like dive right into it. Uh, so we start with the voiceover. Welcome everybody to the Miss Arizona Gold Coast Beauty Pageant. And all of these pageant titles are always such a mouthful. <laughs> okay, so I did, I think there's like a bunch of just, um, you know, circuits of pageants. So I did a bunch of rainbow pageants. Um, and they like to add in a lot of words where it's like Miss Teen, All-American, United States, Queen. <laughs> so they love accessories. They love the words. <laughs> Um, it's like they're trying to fucking fit a word count on an essay or something. The sash needs to go all around the body. <laughs> <laughs> so we meet Kim Colby, who is the pageant director, and she kind of just explains kind of what, what we're going to expect today. So the pageant theme is 50s, so there's going to be a 50s wear category, um, and there's a $1,000 cash prize to the Grand Supreme. So I kind of love that these cash prizes, which everyone is so hyped to get, is a fraction of what they have to spend in order to go to this pageant. Oh my God, yeah, girl. I was about to say, I'm like, they spent $1,000 on the entrance fee. And see, the thing is, is they trick you because, you know, the thing is with like these toddlers and tiaras is you always want like that grand supreme, right? Um, every single episode is kind of focused around who's going to get that ultimate grand supreme. So the way the pageant world Fs you is because you can't get grand supreme unless you pay all the money to enter all the categories. So what you're not oh. seeing is kind of more into the lines of a lot of times they have categories where it was like, and I hate to even say that I have the namesake of this godforsaken girl on this show, but Danielle, you know, she's <laughs> like, I won the most beautiful. And a lot of pageants have categories like that. Most beautiful, best personality, prettiest eyes, best hair. So you have to register to be in all those categories just so you can get the points to accumulate to make the grand supreme total. I am shaken to my core. You have opened so many doors for me because at so many points in this episode, I was like, how does pageant scoring work? And this makes so much sense. So like in reality, because of that baby won the Grand Supreme, you know, one of the twins, she could have just won Grand Supreme because obviously that family's loaded and they had all the money to put her daughter in every single category. Mm -hmm. So she got a shit ton of points on her photo. She got a shit ton of points on her hair. Like all of these points just accumulate. And some of those other kids, their parents only put them in like maybe four categories compared to the eight total because mm -hmm. okay. that's all they can afford. This, okay. This makes so much more sense. This is, this is mind-blowing. I need to watch, like, all of Toddlers and Tiaras again now, like, with this in mind so that I know what the fuck is actually going on. Oh, yeah, it helps you break down the points. Okay, so we start um, with Lake, I don't know how to pronounce this, 
Lake Havasu, Havasu, Lake Havasu City, Arizona. <laughs> That's rough. I should have really looked that up before we started. Um, <laughs> Lake something city, Arizona. So we start with like some establishing shots of this amazing mansion, a line of Rolls Royce cars sitting outside. And here's my thing. Now, this is where I'm bringing my background knowledge. I've learned a lot in my, what is it, 10 months, nine months of doing reality TV podcasting. I can almost guarantee that all but a few of those were rented. Oh my God. Yeah. Just like you said on MTV Cribs and like yep. all of those things, all those things are like that. They're all rented. This Kelly, this woman, Kelly with an eye, first of all, it's definitely, she looks like a bitch with Kelly with an eye. Looks like she auditioned for Rock of Love and did not get accepted. <laughs> she has a Tasmanian devil tattoo. Yes, she has a colorful half sleeve. <laughs> yes, she does. And like the little mermaids on there too. And I'm like, honey, that is not even in the ex same universe. That is not in the same universe. That's why I remember I first saw her and I was like, why does this woman who's obviously a millionaire have a half sleeve? I don't know any <laughs> millionaires with a half sleeve. But I think we get the answer to that a little bit later on. Yes. Um, so Kelly is mom to twins, Scarlett and Isabella. They are one year old. Um, she says that they were in pageants before they were born, which honestly, like, I don't doubt her. <laughs> like, are there pregnant women pageants where they just, like, judge the bump? Because I think that they probably won Ultimate Grand Supreme at that. She was probably the first person to bring, like, a 3D ultrasound picture <laughs> when it was, like, super expensive still. And it's like, you can see their features. <laughs> yes, do they win Most Beautiful? <laughs> um, so... She says that everyone spends what they can afford and they afford it, so they spend it. So that's kind of what you were speaking to earlier. They obviously have the money <laughs> to do everything needed to win these pageants. Um, we see some shots around their house. She has a shoe closet, love a shoe closet. Uh, she has a princess bedroom for the girls. It's like all decked out in pink. Um, and she says that they have spent $250,000 um, in pageant gear. I guess, for these one-year-old children. She says the word niceties, which I thought was really fun because she was like, you know, niceties are good to have in life. And they also have the nanny, which seeing the poor nanny have to interact with these two babies and this mom on camera is terrible. <laughs> yeah, so they, um, they always have these shots in every episode of them playing with the crowns that they've won previously so they walk up and they show the babies the crowns that they've won and she's like look Bella like this is your crown um and so we get a, a little interview with Gina the nanny and she's like oh yes Kelly is the pageant mom and she kind of sounds a little bit like exasperated <laughs> she's like oh this is my favorite and the nanny's like that's my favorite too and I'm like I wonder if that's the uh, I hope you get paid more than what that crown costs you poor woman <laughs> I'm I'm sure they pay the nanny well. I God, I hope so. Oh, she lives in the house. I'm sure <laughs> she's fine. She's doing fine. She has I'll her be own the place. Nanny. <laughs> right. Um. So then we hop over to Kingman, Arizona, and that's where we meet our uh, next contestant, who is named Danielle. Um. She is eight years old, and so we open with them doing the same thing, where they're like looking through their crowns and their sashes, all of her winning things, whatever you call it, awards, I guess. She has a lot of titles. They're titles. So she has a lot, yeah, she has a lot of titles. Um, also another mom with an I name, Teddy <laughs> with an I. I feel so bad saying this about a child, but I do not like this child. <laughs> this kid is pretty horrible. She reminds me a lot of the girls I did pageants with. 
um, when she's showing off her trophies, you know, she's like, oh, I have so many. And her mom is definitely that mom that tells you those girls don't like you because they're jealous of you when <laughs> really they don't like her because she's like a not pleasant little girl. And her mom, and my favorite part is when her mom is like, oh, this time you won both of these awards. I never heard of anyone else doing that. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, girl, calm down. <laughs> like very obviously making sure the cameras caught that one. Yeah, so Danielle, I have some theories about her, some of which are maybe not kind to talk about as a child, like this is a child, but it's been 10 years and she's like a legal adult now, so maybe it's fair game. I could not find her. I looked her up really hard. Oh my God, I was good. I was so excited. That was the one I was- I really, she's gone. She's creepy. I feel so bad saying this, but she's so creepy. She reminds me of somebody who would- do bad things at a school or something like it's not it's not pleasant she I feel like definitely has a lot of anxiety as an adult now (laughs) she definitely has a lot of issues with like perfectionism like you know homegirl struggled in college trying to get those essays done on time because everything had to be perfect um poor mom is just living that dream through her but there's something that she says later on um that I'm like I wonder if she's a lesbian now or was a lesbian back then. So when we get to it, I'll point it out. But that's my theory about Danielle. Um, But one of the other things about her is that she's very obsessed with being pretty or being beautiful. And she points that out a lot. And she takes a lot of value from that. So I really hope that she's gotten some like, some good feminist values into her since this happened. Because I really want her to, you know, like feel good about being intelligent or kind or compassionate not just beautiful. Yes, and that's exactly what her mom just keeps saying, too. It's like, she's such a beautiful child, and I'm like, she's actually, I mean, she's really smart. She's really witty. She just creeps me out a lot, and yeah, she is really witty, but also, yeah, very, very cold and creepy. Um, But one thing she does say is uh, where her grandma was saying something like, you need to get your beauty sleep, and she says, I don't need beauty sleep because I'm already beautiful. She's so, like, snappy and mean, and when she's like, tell, ask her mom, like, do this, and she goes, mom, close your mouth. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then the last little talking head interview that we get from her before we hop over to the next scene is her saying that if she doesn't win the pageant, she will trash the hotel room. (laughs) Holiday Inn fees. (laughs) Um, So then we go, we leave cold, creepy Danielle, and we go to our girl, our queen. Uh, We're in Montgomery, Louisiana. These are, we see just like these pink curtains open, and it's Mackenzie's face. And she's in her all pink bedroom, pink everything. And she says, my name's Mackenzie, rhymes with Lindsay. (laughs) Then she says, I'm four years old. I feel like a superstar. (laughs) She is everything. See, it's like, she loves herself. She she truly does. Is she like... She's just so happy to be who she is, and I love her for it, and I love her thick southern accent. It makes everything she says sound like it's coming from, like, a 35-year-old woman. Oh, yeah, she's sassy as hell, man. She's gonna be, she's a southern belle. She needs to be on one of those reality TV shows now. Um, Oh, I can't wait. I hope you found her. (laughs) Um, I have, I have some info on her, not... Not a ton, but, you know, she's she's around. Um, so, yeah, she is playing in her bedroom, like, mugging in her mirror. <laughs> she's saying that she looks like a dolly and that she's a star. And she's just, like, being her beautiful, wonderful self. Um, 
So then we meet Juana, her mom. And Which, every- is that is that short for marijuana? Do you think that is? <laughs> when I saw that and I kept looking at it and I was like, what a strange name. And she always, she's a really strange person because yeah. she talks about Mackenzie's the most animated child I ever met. Yeah. And she's like the most deadpan person I've ever seen in my life. And I literally wrote that, that down. And she's so low energy all the time. And she does kind of look like she's stoned a little bit. Um, she totally is. She has to be. That name is Juana. She's Mary, Marijuana, and that's what her friends call her. That's wild. Uh, so we meet Juana. Um, she talks about how Mackenzie stressed her out a lot at the last pageant, but she's grown since then. And so we get some flashbacks to like the first episode she was ever featured on. Um, <laughs> just like her telling her mom, she's like, you're driving me nuts. Um, throwing temper tantrums, screaming for her nini, which is her pacifier. Um, but as Juana says, she's just a force on and off stage. Amen. Um, so she does say that she's matured and grown as a performer. And then I really <laughs> love, like, the Toddlers and Ciara's editors are so shady. And there, like, are a couple of instances in this episode where they do stuff like this. But as soon as uh, Juana's like, yeah, she's really matured we cut to a scene of her being like, I'm going to my room and just like <laughs> runs off and like refuses to come out. The editing to this show is amazing because I noticed that later on in her sequence as well, they just have a short shot of a woman in a hover round or in a mobile scooter making her way up the road right before Mackenzie goes in to get her glamour shots. <laughs> And I'm like, wow, TLC, you know, I watch 90 Day Fiance, and they have the same tricks up their sleeves with that one. 90 Day Fiance is just, like, I, as I, I was literally saying this to my friend the other day, I was like, well, I can't wait for five years from now until, like, I'm able to watch 90, 90 Day Fiance for my show because it's been long enough since it came out. Oh, it is a, it's a ride. <laughs> I have heard. Um, so then we hop back over to... Kelly's house because I'm not going to try and say that city name again <laughs> um so she takes Scarlett and Isabella into the princess closet which is a room dedicated to all of like the pageant stuff so they have these like just racks upon racks of these colorful beautiful immaculate pageant dresses um she says that they have about 75 and that they cost anywhere from 1500 to 2000 dollars a piece and they wear them three to four times max because you never know, like, if you're going to see the same judges, like, you don't want to be an outfit, outfit repeater. Like, all babies look the same. The judge is not even going to know that <laughs> that's the same baby. Well, there's that one judge who does say later on, she's like, we, we love the twins whenever they come to our pageants. Oh, Jesus. They, they know. She wore a red dress this time. So, yeah, they have, like, an entire college tuition's worth of pageant dresses hanging up in this beautiful giant room um but then in the very next scene we have kelly coming into their bedroom with a, a fedex box full of new outfits um specifically 50s outfits for the pageants um and then kelly goes into this weird kind of like out of nowhere thing about how like well when the girls get older if they continue doing pageants they're just going to have to know that there's going to be a winner and there's going to be a loser and they'll have to just deal with that Oh, yeah, she totally loves that one more than the other. <laughs> I mean, I hate saying it like that, but, like, the whole time she, like, low-key pitted them against each other, and I'm like, these babies can't even talk, and you're pitting them against each other like they're Nikki and Cardi B, when really it's just, like, they're sisters, calm down, we're fine. 
Yeah, so she says that Scarlet has won a Grand Supreme, but Isabella has only queened. And this is where I wrote at first, I was like, I don't understand pageant titles, but you've really unlocked this for me now. Yeah, a queen is, like, basically two in toddlers and tiaras world. They, like, poo-poo on the title queen. They're like, that is nothing. <laughs> um, yeah, getting the Grand Supreme is definitely what you want. And usually those are the only titles where you actually win something um, of some type of value. So she says that um, because Bella's development is two months behind Scarlet's, because they're preemies, which I also don't understand premature babies either, so I don't understand how that works. I was like, how they're twins, but whatever. Um, <laughs> so Scarlet is doing better, I guess, just because she can like stand on her own and Bella can't. And that's the differentiating factor for winning the Grand Supreme, I guess. Which is crappy to even think about. Like, that's why I, you know, when people ask me if maybe I would put my kid in a pageant, I most likely would not, even though I do uh, credit pageants with a lot of my own personality and self-confidence today, but I never am okay with babies being in pageants because it's usually the type, because they have age groups, and then the age group is like zero months, which what? <laughs> um, zero months to 24 months, and that's like a big development difference. Like, yeah. of course you're going to have babies that are like looking at you and like um, interacting with you through their eyes and their emotions, but I mean, a baby shouldn't be Points should not be taken off for a baby who can't do those things. Because yeah, I can't imagine trying to score a three-month-old versus an almost two-year-old. Like, that's wild. Um, so we leave the babies uh, and hop back over to Kingman, Arizona, where Teddy takes Danielle into a bathroom because she is going to tweeze her eyebrows. And I, I feel so. I know you don't like her, but I feel so no, bad for her. No, listen, I. <laughs> I feel for this girl because that was me. That is me right now. Maybe it's a thing with Danielle's, but I I didn't do a lot of makeup and stuff and when I did pageants, but I did have to get my eyebrows waxed because I am a crazy hairy Italian. I had a unibrow out the womb and my mom was like, we got to fix that. <laughs> However, Kelly, I mean, Kelly, uh, Danielle's mom, Teddy, is not the best person to be doing this. I I feel like you I can get the notion of them maybe being on the more frugal side of pageants as well mm -hmm. um, over, you know, maybe Kelly with the twins because you can tell that Teddy does a lot of Danielle's things on her own at home. Mm -hmm. So she's doing Danielle's makeup at home. She's doing Danielle's eyebrows at home. And honey, you can tell those eyebrows are so like 2008 mom. I feel so bad for her. I bet she has beautiful natural eyebrows. I hope she has let them grow out again, and I hope she's living her bushy eyebrow life. <laughs> I felt so bad for her, and her mom just kept going. Yeah, it was, oh, it was rough to watch. So literally, she's tweezing them, and then Danielle is, like, cringing and trying to get away and saying that she hates it, and her mom's like, do you want to try waxing? And she's like, no, cut to the next <laughs> scene. They're waxing her eyebrows <laughs> in the kitchen. And she's just like, she, I was worried that that girl was going to come away with no eyebrow at all. Like, it's so thin. Her, like, eyes are red, raw after it. And this reminded me so much of me when I was in middle school because I have kind of thicker eyebrows that kind of grow down onto my eyelid as Teddy described it. And my mom encouraged me to get my <laughs> eyebrows waxed starting in middle school. And so I did for a very long time. Um, and I did that shit, like, 
until I was out of college. And then a few years ago, I said to myself, I was like, I'm making the feminist choice to stop waxing and plucking my brows. And ever since then, I've gotten compliments on my brows, which I have never done before. So well, it's that time. I'm living this bushy brow life. I agree. I'm the same way. I don't mess with my eyebrows that much anymore. Um, I do pluck a few if I see something growing out of the way because my whole hair, my whole hair, my whole face is just like one hair follicle. I got them, I got them threaded for my friend's wedding this spring and the threading was like, like they just cleaned it up a very little bit. And I liked that. And I would, did you like it? That. Yeah, I did. I like that a lot. I was going to do it. And then I went, when I went to the salon, I legit felt bad because the lady looked at me and told me your eyebrows are too big. It will take too long and it will hurt you very bad. And I thought, wow, you're a very nice lady. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I feel like you could probably just go in and be like, let's just start small and clean it up a little bit and then go from there. Yeah, she looked at my eyebrows and definitely wanted to run out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, poor Danielle gets like her entire eyebrows waxed off, basically. Uh, the editors are really leaning into this waxing sound effect, too. It's kind of rough. <laughs> and the way they zoom in on her face, just, oh, God, the poor girl. I'm surprised there was no blood spot. I know. At one point, she's like, I think you're taking off my skin. <laughs> like, she genuinely is, like, fearing for her life with her mom and these wax strips. Um, and so then finally she's done, and she's like, well, what do you think? And Daniel's like, I think tired. <laughs> just like, I'm done. Which, adorable. Um, that was, yeah, her, like, one human moment is when her mom had beaten her into submission with all of the eyebrow waxing. Yeah, I definitely had an empathy moment for it then. <laughs> and her mom was being really mean. She was kept saying, like, you're like a woolly mammoth. You're so hair. Like, she was joking and saying it, like, nice, nice, quote, unquote. I wrote that but... down. I wrote that down because, like, I know my mom will never listen to this, but <laughs> I told her I was being, I was going to do this, and she was so excited because she loves our pageant life, our ex-pageant life. And she did that to me. I definitely was scarred by my mom talking to me about how hairy I was because she wasn't as hairy as me. She would just be like, it's not a big deal. We can make it go away. And it won't keep being like that when you're in your 20s. And that was a joke. I got hairier <laughs> in my 20s. <laughs> yeah, I just was like, she's going to give her a complex. <laughs> like, this is, I don't know. I mean, no, obviously. That's a reason I, I feel like I don't like Danielle because I don't like Teddy. So yeah. I think, oh. right, it's a trickle-down effect. <laughs> Yeah, Teddy is definitely the worst, in my opinion, out of I agree. everyone. Um, but here we get a nice palette cleanser, but we're back with Mackenzie. So they go to see Miss Christie, their modeling coach. Um, they're going to go see her because they're doing a glitz photo shoot, which is an apparent requirement for this particular pageant. So go into these photo shoots, because this is another thing that's so, like, wild and foreign. To also, these photos are creepy as fuck. Oh, yeah. All those photos are really creepy. Honestly, something else that's really creepy that I just thought about that I haven't thought about in a long time is we actually used to have these magazines that would go around um, that were like regional pageant magazines. And they would have a crap ton of those like glamour edited shots of all these like local um, kids in the region and like the surrounding states who were up and coming in the pageant world. And it was so creepy. But uh, I think what that, you know, that really goes back to what I was talking about earlier when she says that it's, um, a requirement, it's because if she wants to win Grand Supreme, they have to put in a photo for the most photogenic kid. And that's what it is. It's like, there's a kid there that wins most photogenic. And I'm going to go ahead and say once again, that I was pretty frugal and we had some shots taken, but it was definitely nothing of the extent that you're seeing on toddlers and tiaras. 
So I never won most photogenic because my <laughs> photos were not very crazy Photoshop, but they're so creepy, man. They just look like, they look like those weird porcelain dolls from mm-hmm. the 90s. They airbrush like every effect off the kid's face. It doesn't look like a kid, but that's what they want. And a lot of those, uh, a lot of the criteria when it comes to those glam pageants, um, especially the glitz pageants, I mean, they have, you have to have those things to even make it through the first category. Like you have to have eyelashes on, on the, in the photo, you have to have this and this and this. So to see like little four-year-old Mackenzie get all those things on and she's wearing like lip liner that looks like it's fit for a 50 year old woman it's like some very harsh 90s lip liner action she has going on oh my god yeah i low-key loved it (laughs) when she says sometimes all i put on is lipstick (laughs) and eyeshadow and i'm off (laughs) i love her she is so funny yeah so yeah she has to get her makeup done and she's really fighting miss christy about it she's not loving having to sit still and have like mascara applied to her eyes and so at one point she just decides that she's done and she gets off and runs over to the mirror leaning on the wall and i wrote down that she uh looks like she's Alyssa goddamn edwards the way that she's posing and making faces at herself Oh my God, girl, that's what I mean. This is literally the beginning of drag queens. (laughs) She really does. She is voguing in the mirror. She does not care. She's living for the camera. She really works it for those cameras, I think. Like, Mm -hmm. she knows that they're on them. I think they love her. I think the producers really egg her on. And, oh my God, I just, she's everything. She's a queen. So, um, she has to get dressed up for her photos, they're trying to brush her hair, and she's being really dramatic. She's just like, don't do this to me. I can't. I don't want to take the pictures. Just like sobbing about it. It Um, sounds like a 50-year-old Southern lady that you're just trying to force into something. You can't. Oh my god. And so she's like, they set her up like in front of the camera and she's crying and she's crying and she's crying. And then Miss Christie's like, come on, can you give me a smile? And she just like snaps into pageant mode. Girl, and that is, honestly, that is professionalism. When I watched (laughs) me coming from a pageant mom, I was like, that is my girl. Look at her go. And when her mom said, Mackenzie can turn it on. I was like, yes, mama, she can. That, (laughs) That girl knows how to be professional. I loved that. Yeah, so um, she she pulls it together, it's, and then this is the point where Juana says she, that she's never met a child as animated as Mackenzie, and she also says it with all of the energy of a stoner who's baked beyond recognition. She is so deadpan, and she literally, like, doesn't do anything to make her behavior stop, because obviously, you know, Mackenzie is throwing a temper tantrum, and I'm like, girl, like, no one's going to look at you poorly if you just discipline your child and tell her to quit acting a fool, but she literally just lets her run everything. Yeah, and so that was actually something that I did find was Juana had said later on that the reason that she didn't, like, do anything is because she didn't want to discipline her on camera, and I was just like, you probably should have. Yeah, no one's going to look, that's the worst thing I think about watching uh, any type of reality TV show with kids is you see people be ultra fake, right? Like, you're not talking to your kid like that. When you see Kelly talking to her babies, it makes me want to throw up. It's like, 
she's talking to them like they're grown adults. She keeps like, giving no them pet talks. Yeah, I'm like, no one's talking. Like, you're not talking to your kid like that. You don't have to do that. No one in America is being like, what a great mom. Like, I, you know, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, Mackenzie takes a few pictures, but then she kind of gets frustrated and starts throwing a tantrum again. Um, they try and coax some more pictures out of her, but it's just not happening. So they check the, the camera and they see that they have a good shot. <laughs> and Christy even says, she's like, you're lucky she has that face. Like, Which it was all luck. Where they got that shot. Like, I know. They that shot out of anywhere. And I was like, I didn't see her make that face at all. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, the entire time she had been smiling, just like teeth clenched, painful smile. But the, like the shot was just her looking so serene. And just, like, dreamy, looking off into the middle distance. The cranberries playing softly in the background. Oh, my God, girl, I have been obsessed with the cranberries lately. (laughs) Always. Forever and ever, amen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So then, you know, they're done with the photo shoot, and Juana has her little talking head interview, and she says that they're really prepared for the Gold Coast pageant. She feels good. And then you just hear Mackenzie whisper from out of frame. She's like, I'm not going! And it pans down. (laughs) This is, like, my favorite it pans down, and she's hiding behind one of those, like, shoe heel chairs, which I don't know if you, the listener, know what I'm talking about, but I've seen several of these before. It's a leopard print heel upholstered chair, and she's hiding behind it and kind of sticking her head out from behind the heel. Uh, She has her nini in her mouth, and she's just, like, chilling down there. (laughs) She is the master of disguise in so many ways. She warms my heart. I mean, she runs the house. Like I said, I love a little HBIC. I love a little head bitch in charge, and that is what Mackenzie is through and through. Um, So then we hop back over to Danielle's house. Danielle comes down into the living room and tells her mom that she wants her mom to do a pageant walk because she wants her mom to be the best like she is. And Teddy is just like, are you serious? And then Danielle's voice goes so cold, and I just get terrified because she's like, I'm serious, Mom, so do it. And I was just like, oh, scary. She has, like, the weirdest voices, and that's why I really, I feel like, I say I don't like her as a kid, but I feel like if I met her as an adult, I would really like her a lot better because she is so witty and smart and tactical in a lot of ways. She does have those weird voices, and that's when she's really mean to her mom. Do it like this. And, and you even hear her dad in the background, and he's like, be nice, Danielle. And I'm like, dang. So, yeah, her mom was saying, you know, Danielle, just when she gets into her pageant mode, it's like she turns into a different child, and she'll, you know, she just wants me to be the best. So she'll be like, no, Mommy, you did it wrong. But she says it's so much nicer than Danielle is saying anything to her because she's just like, do this, man. Walk over here. No, like that. And then, yeah, like you said, the dad is these is even like okay calm down like (laughs) you have to be nice um and then teddy says that danielle loves to practice which i was like does any child really love to practice but maybe this one does she seems like it yeah Um, when you're practicing for a beauty pageant it's like i mean you basically just sit there with your mom while your mom's praising you so it's (laughs) not that bad like my mom would just be like okay go to the next spot beautiful like you know (laughs) Okay, so I guess if you're a, if you're a certain person, then you do love to practice for your beauty pageant, um, and Danielle definitely falls into that category, but she says that she can be really hard on herself, so this is, this is, like, my favorite. This is, like, heartbreaking, but also hilarious. Oh, it's so uh, hilarious. I watched this scene right before we started recording, and my husband, like, came into the bedroom, and I was like, watch this. 
Um, so she comes out, she's dressed in like a Carmen Miranda getup where she has oh my God, it's like so cute. That it's is really such adorable. The, it's so cute. And she has the whole like headpiece with all of the fruit on it, and she's doing her little Carmen Miranda walk with her maracas and really just like selling it. And she looks really good. And then as she's like doing her last little turn and walking back, oh, also I did want to say this before this happens. Did you notice that when she comes out dressed up, her little brother, just like his face <laughs> lights up and he looks so happy to see her and it's really cute. Oh my God, yeah, I love the little brother, honestly, throughout the whole show. Any of the siblings who don't get a lot of airtime, the little airtime they get is beautiful. <laughs> yeah, so he has that one moment and it's really precious. So she does her little Carmen Miranda routine and then as she walks like, you know, she does her last turn and walks back. Her little headpiece slips off her head, and her family just starts laughing, but the music is like, dun, dun. <laughs> and so then it's like, her it's all quiet. Her whole body, like, drops. Her whole body, like, drops. And obviously, I think her family was so nice because they were just like, oh, like, it's okay. Mm -hmm. It was like, I don't think they expected her to get so upset, which it was instantly, like, it was like how I felt when Donald Trump became president. It was oh, like God. the whole world was crashing around you. Yeah, so she, I mean, she actually gets like really upset and she runs off and cries, but then she she has this little talking head, which is one, one part hilarious, but one part like really sad because she says, and I'm going to try and do it like the way she says, she's like, I hate it when the fruit falls off because then I'm not perfect. So at first it's really funny because the way that she says I hate it when the fruit falls off is like hilarious and absurd. But then I'm like, this is an eight-year-old child who's literally like has such issues with perfectionism. Like I just, that girl needs like a fucking Lexapro already. Oh my God. And she's yes, this poor girl. Like I agree. I was there with you completely. At first I laughed my ass off, but then I also felt bad. But then I also thought about it, like, I hate that the mom is basically like, Danielle's such a perfectionist, blah, 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 blah. Like, obviously, bitch, she's learning this from somebody. Mm -hmm. So, like, you are definitely telling her. And, you know, most of those parents are all acting differently. I definitely feel like Danielle's mom is such a fake in front of the cameras. Oh, and yeah. do get a little slice of her realness. She is absolutely nasty um, in, like, an ugly type of way. And she like obviously this poor kid is feeling like she needs to be like this on some type of way and I definitely think it's because she is a very cute child she's a very beautiful child and her mom I think is like writing this beautiful child dream out of her which is sad mm -hmm. yeah I, I totally agree um so then we're back with Kelly and the twins um so Kelly is taking the girls to visit their dad at work he is an ophthalmologist, but I don't understand how you get, like, private plane and Rolls-Royce rich from being an ophthalmologist, like, even well, if you own your own practice. And then she also has all of those kids from her previous marriage, so how are you taking care supporting of all, all of this I honestly I the first time I watched the episode I for I missed this part where she said he was an ophthalmologist and I saw him come in wearing his scrubs and I assumed plastic surgeon like that's how I assumed he was that rich so I have no idea what he's doing on the side um, but he's making some good money so they um his the dad is named James he he's really cute I really like him because he's super excited when he sees like the twins come in he's just like look at my girls there they he are has, like he has their trophies up in the lobby which I think is hilarious of the lobby of his waiting room they have pageant trophies up because I'm obviously assuming that those aren't trophies for uh <laughs> doctor work <laughs> <Optimology>. <laughs> 
yeah, he uh, <clears throat> he meddled in, in ophthalmology. But yeah, so yeah, he has like the trophies up and he has like a picture of him with the girls like in the lobby too. And it's really cute. He says that they've turned him into a pageant dad. Oh, um, so then Kelly explains how they met. So yeah, this is what's really interesting is she was a waitress. And so that was like, that explains the half sleeve. Um, she was a <laughs> mom. She had five kids and says like in terms of her previous marriages, she was neck and neck with Liz Taylor. So what is it like five, six marriages previously? Which honestly, I'm like living for her low key. Like I'm like, yes, Kelly, good for you. I'm glad you found a man that obviously treats you well. He's obviously in love with her and you know, good for her. But then at the same time, I'm like, girl, what have you been doing? That's yeah, that's exactly how I feel. Because at first, when she first came on screen, I was like, Ugh, this rich bitch. And then she told this story. I was like, no, nah, you get it, girl. Like, yeah, exactly. You. Like, you're the bag. You find you a rich man to take care of you. And then I was like, yeah, why? I don't know. It's, it's she was really probably funny. with like trash holes for like ever. And mm -hmm. then she finally found him. And that's why she said, I love I did think it was so sweet when she's like, it's been a Cinderella story. And I was like, good for you, girl. You and your kids deserve that. Yeah. And so, like, she's doing well. Her kids are doing well. And, I mean, she says something later, which I kind of like, too, where she is just kind of like, it's there to spin. So, like, spin it. And I was like, hey, yes, like, good. Don't yes, hoard your I money. I that, too. I loved that. I'm so happy you brought that up because I wrote that down, too. I love that. And I definitely think, I feel like she says that because, he says that to her like I can feel that I feel like he is such a good man and he has completely taken care of them and he's like baby it's our money like it's here to spend let's spend it on this plane mm -hmm. so yeah I kind of after she had that little that little backstory I was pro Kelly with an eye same same <laughs> um so then we have just like a quick little scene where Danielle and Teddy go to get like their manicures and spray tan before the pageant um, this is all the stuff that she says is required for a glitz pageant. So what are like the different categories? Obviously glitz is like high glam. You have to like do all of the like the makeup and the spray tan and the hair and the nails and the blah, blah, blah. So basically they usually only have like two where they say it's a glitz versus a natural pageant. Um, and in a natural pageant, it's like they don't, they basically just don't expect you to do any of those things. Um, it's not necessarily that they don't want you to do those things, but they don't expect you to have like a French tip manicure. They don't expect your kid to be tan. They don't expect your kid to have makeup on. Um, mostly for me, the bare minimum for most pageants is they expect you to have your hair done. They expect your hair to be curled. That's what I mean. I don't mean like a blowout. Mm -hmm. Um, they expect you to have a curly hair do of some sort. Um, they expect you to have some type of nice dress. A lot of pageants, when it comes for the natural, they will say, um, you know, don't go really fancy or do this or do that. But for some of those bigger ones, um, they want you to stop wearing a short dress after the age of eight. So there's a bunch of like really weird little things that go in on it too. Um, but basically it's just for the natural things, you don't have to be as uppity about things and then for the glitz they really want you to put it all out there which I've only went full on glitz I would I want to say one time most of the pageants that I did were like a mixture where like I said it was kind of where uh 
you as the contestant could make a choice on what you would want to do. But then at the end of the day, you don't really know what the judges want because you always have a different judge. Like you don't know what this judge is looking for. Maybe this judge prefers a kid that's like super made up, which is low key gross. But I mean, (laughs) maybe this judge wants this kid to look like a mini 34 year old woman, or maybe this judge wants this kid to look like a kid. So you just kind of, to me, like that's another thing about pageants is you never really know what's going to happen unless you stay in the same circuit and a lot of those toddlers and tiaras kids are in the same circuit so they do know what a lot of the judges want they know they want that big glam stuff so i think that's why they tlc does it too obviously because that's what we want to see we want to see the wigs and the flippers yeah it's it's definitely the dramatic um the transformation that's why they do the before and afters yeah Um, for sure So the other thing that I just wanted to point out that happens in this scene that I was really disturbed by was Teddy says that Danielle's dream is to be famous, which is not a good dream to have to just be famous in and of itself. Um, But she says, and she is a beautiful child. So if this in any way can help her achieve any kind of fame or anything in the future, it's worth it. Which can't you just teach your kid like a like a hobby like can't she be famous of it it goes to once again like she's so beautiful so I'm gonna do whatever it takes like maybe she could get famous doing something else yeah so for me it just makes me think of like especially in recent years how so much has been brought to the surface about what goes on like the abuse that happens in Hollywood I feel like Danielle really dodged a bullet by not like blowing up and getting famous and becoming an actor and being flown out to Hollywood because Teddy is the kind of stage mom where it's like, she's obviously willing to do anything. And it seems like the type to say like, you know, to her daughter, just like, you know, honey, like you just got to put up with it. That's what, or I've done so much for you to get you to this point. How dare you like refuse to do X, Y, or Z, no matter what it is, like regardless of what it is, like the kids, the things that kids have to go through in Hollywood even if it, they're not necessarily being abused, is still abusive. Just no, I agree. How they have to live. That is like a killer point. I agree 100%. I definitely think that, and I, I honestly am so happy you said that because I didn't really think about it like that. But when she does say it like that, where she's just like, she wants to be famous and I'm going to do whatever it takes. And it's like, cool, you're letting your kid know to like do whatever it takes to kind of get this little bit of fame. Mm -hmm. and fame for fame's sake like not even you know it's just it's gross and it's again focused just on her looks and but that I feel like really just crystallized the point right there of like it's worth it (laughs) gross anyway palate cleanser back to Louisiana (laughs) (laughs) yes so we open on this scene with Mackenzie, like, forlornly sitting in a rocking chair and just, like, sadly <laughs> rocking by herself outside. It's like the new horror movie that's coming out this Halloween season. When I watched that, I was, I, I like, went back and watched the two-second clip, and I loved it. <laughs> um, and meanwhile, Juana is inside. She's packing for the trip. Um, and Mackenzie comes inside, and she's like, where are you going? And she's like, I'm packing for the pageant, baby. And she's like, we're not going. <laughs> she said it's so matter of fact. like, why the fuck would you be doing that? We're not going. <laughs> um, so Mackenzie doesn't want to go to the pageant. She starts crying. And then we get like the cutest talking head ever where she says, she's like, yeah, I'm a little nervous because I've never been on a plane before. So he's pretty nervous. <laughs> She is, oh my God, we never been on a plane before. That voice, like, I need that voice to be my Siri voice. 
it's really cute. So yeah, she's on the floor crying and Wana just kind of packs around her. Um, <laughs> so unfazed. She's so high. <laughs> she's used to it at this point. Yes. I feel like you have to be just to, to deal with Mackenzie and be her mother. I agree. So then uh, back in Arizona, well, one part of Arizona, I guess, <laughs> uh, Kelly's gathering everyone and everything up and doing one final last check before heading off to the pageant. I guess she's taking, like, all seven of her children, including, like, the adult ones. Yeah, which is nuts because I was like, I want to see more of those kids or I wanted to hear an interview with one of mm -hmm. them. But she's just like, head count. Like, we're going to... And then when you see the plane, you only see them in the plane. And I'm like, oh, did the other kids have to ride in the plane? plane? I know. I thought that too. I was like, oh, the other kids had it like at them. You guys, guys get first class. They have to fly coach. <laughs> they had to drive to the, like to Phoenix. Which it was probably like 20 minutes. Like the way, the thing is, is she cracks me up. She goes, money lets us do these things for pageants. Like get the plane to help us get there faster. Like she acted like that was such a necessity. I know. And I'm like, it's really not that big of a deal, but okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and so they take the, the Rolls Royce to the private plane, and they get on the plane, and they fly from one part of Arizona to another part of Arizona, um, but she says that their motto is go glitz or go home, and she does say, like, this is where she says, like, you know, it's, that's what it's there for, it's there to spin, so. And amen, girl, I do believe that. You go, girl. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, they take off, um, <laughs> so Kelly, my favorite part, too, she's like, I'm counting on them winning, that's why, that's why we spend the money. Like, oh, because that makes it all worth it when they win that $1,000 prize. <laughs> right? And it's like, you're counting on it. Like, oh, my God, we have to get this $1,000. <laughs> we really got to invest this quarter mil so that we can get that $1,000 return. That $1,000 will just go into one dress for their, for their closet. <laughs> so it's pageant day in Phoenix. Um, it's the 2010 Gold Coast, Arizona beauty pageant. They reiterate that it's a 50s theme, so in order for the contestants to win Grand Supreme, they have to have the highest points for beauty and their fabulous 50s wear, but also apparently all of these other categories that they didn't mention because they want to keep you in the dark if you don't have the insider knowledge. Yeah, they have all kinds of categories. They tag you in, girl. So um, each of our main contestants arrive, and we kind of see them pull up to the hotel and start unloading from their cars, and... As they arrive, we cut back to Kim, the pageant director, who we saw at the top of the episode, and she kind of, like, goes through and gives a little bio on each contestant and kind of says, like, oh, the judges will be looking for this, or, like, they're really known for that, and so, I mean, I'm assuming that this is all for the show, that pageant directors aren't really that familiar with contestants, or are they, like, so, like, or is the pageant circuit small enough that you would get to know someone? No, it's definitely small enough okay. where you would get to know someone. So she definitely knows her. At least she definitely knew Mackenzie. I'm sure that she knew the twins, at least only because of, like, their money. I bet, like, their mom was probably the type of mom that called that pageant director, like, a month in advance to ask a bunch of questions. Mm -hmm. But I, um... Yeah, if you're doing pageants in just, like, any state, and most of the time, especially those southern states, like, those are the ones where the heavy hitters are, you're going to be known in the little circuits. Because it's literally just, like, four or five, um, maybe, like, pageant directors that are doing these, and you're just literally traveling with them mm -hmm. throughout the state to go to them. So, they definitely know them. You know the people. Okay, because I thought that was kind of interesting how she just, like, knew who they were, so... Cool. That's some background knowledge I wanted. It's all small town gossip. <laughs> and so what's really cute here is um, 
as Kim is kind of giving her introduction on Mackenzie, we see Mackenzie playing with like her little cat toy, which is like one of those small little toys that like walk. Um, and she's like, work with me, Katie, work with me. And she's like pageant coaching. And so then the editors put in a little Chiron and it says like Mackenzie, Missy's mom. And then it has like the cat and it's like Missy, a kitty contestant, age five months. This was definitely the best part of the episode to me because I just love it because she goes, I don't know if she's going to win it, but she's going to try her best. <laughs> and I mean, that was just the cutest thing because I'm like, hell yeah, Mackenzie, you're going to try your best. I feel like it's also just stuff that she's probably heard like so many moms say. Which is nice because there is, I think that's where you can see a difference between even though Juana is so deadpan and she doesn't even seem like a person sometimes, you can tell she's not the same type of uh, pageant mom that say Teddy is where Mm -hmm. the reason why Danielle's getting so upset when she's losing is because when she leaves that pageant, I guarantee you Teddy's looking at her and being like, you should have won and there's no reason why you shouldn't have won. This person didn't deserve it because of this. So I'm sure when Mackenzie loses, you know, Juana looks at her and she says, you tried your best and, you know, your best just wasn't what they were looking for today. And I definitely will give it to her for that, that Mackenzie's, Mackenzie's a little brat, but she's definitely not a brat in the sense where she has a bad attitude when it comes to losing. Yeah, I, yeah, definitely. And even at the end of the episode, she's like so happy with the placement (laughs) that she got. It's really cute. Um, So we get a quick little scene of Kelly, like, getting the twins ready for their first category. Um, She says that it's kind of a team effort to put the kids into their outfits because they're screaming as they try to get dressed. Um, I feel really bad for these babies because they don't know what they're doing or what they're getting into. And they just have to, like, put on these uncomfortable outfits and, like, go on stage. They're so itchy. Itchy, tool. Oh, terrible. I mean, yeah, I just, like, it looks itchy. Then this is kind of what you were saying earlier. Um, she talks to them, like she gives them a pep talk about how uh, they're going to be competing against big girls. So like they really gotta gotta be on their game because they're you know it's not just little girls out there. So I thought that was kind of funny. So then in Mackenzie's hotel room, um, Juana is getting her into her dress, and Mackenzie starts to cry, uh, and she starts to ask for her Nini. Oh my goodness, the notorious. So this was, I don't know, I feel like one of the more iconic scenes of the episode where she's like, where'd you put my Nene? And Juana's just like, I put it up. And she's like, you put her in the trash? (laughs) Oh my God. Quote, the best. When I have Nene, I don't care about nothing. (laughs) So we get some flashbacks to um, the previous episode that she was on and the Nini scene from that episode where she, like, they were literally going to the pageant and Mackenzie realized that she didn't have her Nini and like had a conniption fit. Um, and Wana compares Nini to an adult trying to quit cigarettes. And, Which is and ridiculous. Which is so ridiculous. I was like, girl, we get it. You're not trying hard enough to get this kid off the path of fire. You don't have to say this to us. Like, this is one of my biggest pet peeves, though, honestly, and I think it's just because, like, when I was a kid, my mom used to always talk trash about babies who were still on a pass fire. She'd be like, their teeth ain't going to be right because of that, um, and yeah, that's exactly how she said it, and so when I see, like, really big kids with pacifiers, it just freaks me out, man. Yeah, she is definitely too old to have the nini, but she, you know, but there's 
Nini's a hardworking lady. Nini's a hardworking lady, <laughs> as she says. Um, she also, like, when she gets her Nini back in this moment, she's like, don't ever do that again. That's it. That's the one that I constantly want replayed over and over again because I feel the dramatics. That's mm-hmm. just, uh, and she literally sounds just like a distraught 40-year-old Southern lady after church one Sunday. <laughs> So then we get a quick little scene with Danielle and Teddy being a horrible, horrible pageant mom. Um, Teddy is a nervous wreck because she wants Danielle to look perfect. That's why doing her hair and makeup is the most stressful part of the day. Also because she like does do it by herself and she doesn't have like a a glam squad to help her out like all of these other pageant moms apparently do. Yeah. And that's why, see, I feel for them because once again, I do, I can see that they're trying to be frugal. They don't have the same type of money that Kelly has for her twins, but when she just keeps talking about how bad her hair looks, and poor Danielle's right there, she's about to go on stage, this little girl needs to be hyped up. She's about to go on stage, and her mom's just like, it looks like a rat's nest. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Danielle is, like, horrified, and then she's like, did you say my hair looks like a rat's nest? And then she just, like, immediately goes to, like, insult. She's like, yours does. Yeah, which iconic girl. Good for you. Read your mom. She's being crazy. Poor grandma. Grandma's the only one with sense in this family. Grandma was also a lady with an I name. It was Shelly with an I. (laughs) Yeah, so Shelly with an I, she was just like, no, it doesn't look like a rat's nest. um, So then back in Mackenzie's room, Mackenzie's like trying to leave, but everyone says that it's not time to leave yet. Mackenzie starts to cry because she just wants to go downstairs into the pageant but she's not allowed to go downstairs because she has Nini in her mouth. And um, that's when we get the Nini's a hard working lady. <laughs> um, and then Mackenzie whines. Wadden kind of like has to fix her makeup because she's been sucking on her pacifier. Um, and Mackenzie does say that she likes her Nini, but she likes pageants more. So hopefully she can overcome her, her Nini addiction. She's a grown woman. She can make choices. <laughs> Uh, so we get, finally get to the pageant. It's the beauty competition is first. Um, so they say that the perfect score is 50 points and they're scored on beauty, modeling, personality, and attire. Do you want to like give me a little bit of a rundown on how this shit works? <laughs> well, so basically one of them is going to be, is going to take the whole attire like category. Do you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So that's how, like, like I said, those grand supreme points rack up. Um, you know, attire is one of the more important ones. You can get points knocked off for the silliest things, especially in these bigger glitz pageants. Like if your socks aren't lined up correctly, you're going to get points taken off. If they don't like your hair, you're going to get points taken off and things like that. You know, they want you to have a good personality. If you're not showing it on stage, if you're not giving straight eye contact to the judges, which is honestly so creepy Mm -hmm. because you literally just stare at these people and like, that used to be one of my um, one of my strengths is people would say I have a really amazing eye contact and now it's like so creepy because I can't even like look at people now because you would just like stare at somebody <laughs> and I would just be like, okay, it's so weird. Um, and, you know, constant smiling. They want a good little floor show. Um, for each judge, I feel like they have their own criteria when it comes to things like that. And also depending on the system, some systems will like actually break it down even more for you to Mm -hmm. be like 
oh, here's your attire. Like the whole attire points is 50. You give like one through 10 points on just the way the dress looks and things like that. But it all breaks down to build you up to win that Grand Supreme. Okay. So <clears throat> Scarlet goes up first. Um, they have this really hilarious before and after shot of a baby and then a baby in a pageant dress. It's like literally the same. Uh, so, I mean, at least they don't put the babies in makeup, I guess. <laughs> no, and I honestly think the, the episode we watched was one of the least, uh, it didn't have a lot of things like that. It didn't have a lot of over makeup. Mackenzie didn't wear a flipper, neither mm -hmm. did Danielle. So there wasn't a lot of crazy things going on in this one. So this is also where they talk about how like walking and not walking is a huge disparity um, and how like most of the the tiny tots in their category walk already, but the the twins don't walk. So Kelly was like worrying how that is going to affect their day. Um, she also says Scarlett's not doing as well as she usually does, which I don't know what that means in terms of a baby. <laughs> I mean, uh, it just means like she didn't take a nap. You know what I mean? <laughs> So then Isabella goes out next. Um, Kelly says that she had the smile. She had the cute look. She looked right into the judge's eyes, you know, this baby <laughs> who knows exactly what she's doing. And she really played well with judges today. Oh, my God. That's so creepy, isn't it? No, um, it's really weird. I also, I love the, like, different division names. So then we go to the Tiny Miss division, which is, like, four-year-olds, I guess. Yeah, the categories are hilarious. <laughs> one more thing about, uh, which I don't, I can't remember if it was Scarlett or Isabel, but one of my favorite things uh, about pageants as a whole is every single pageant has it differently, but when you give a little bio for when you're walking on stage, oh, yeah. okay, so, like, sometimes they'll ask you, like, what's your favorite TV show or, like, things like that. And I love, like, when you hear, like, the babies, because obviously they're, like, not even a grown, per like, a person, so they have, like, no personality, but, like, for one of the babies, it was, like, her favorite person is mommy, and I was, like, come <laughs> on, you know? <laughs> I know, I thought that was so funny. It's, like, of course, whatever, Kelly. Thank you. We know who filled this out. <laughs> not one of her, like, six other siblings, maybe. <laughs> right, exactly. That would be so much better. Or her sister. That would have been adorable. Yeah, that would have been cute. That um, was cute how they did the, like, her goal is to, like, take over the world. And then the next one was, like, to take over the world before her sister does. Yeah, see, that was witty. That's where we need to be on those bios. <laughs> so then we go to the Tiny Miss. So that's Mackenzie. Moana um, is talking about how Mackenzie gets really independent before she goes on stage. So she, like, doesn't like to have her mom fussing over her. And we see a clip of Juana, like, trying to, like, fix some stuff on her dress. And Mackenzie's like, I'm not a baby! Go! And, like, sh literally shoos her away. So, and Mackenzie does it. She does a good job. On yeah, Mackenzie does do it. It's so funny because Mackenzie goes on stage and she is, like, the calmest and most, like, methodical and slow that you see her at any point in any episode. I was very surprised that Mackenzie didn't have a flipper. I guess I thought, when I thought back to it, I was like, she definitely does. But I will say that I feel like that could have been a reason why later on she didn't win the queen. Because when I saw who won the queen, she did have a flipper. So, mm -hmm. just saying. Um, so, and then Wanda does say that, like, she's been practicing hard since the, parent, the Paris pageant. So, she thinks that, like, she's improving. Good for her. We also, like, get a shot of the judges and there's one awkward male judge just sitting there. I was like, why is there always one awkward male judge at these child beauty pageants? 
they should just never let a male do be a judge of the <laughs> patch any anyway, unless it's Derek Barry or Coco Montries. <laughs> Um, so then we have Teddy and Danielle. So there is this moment that <laughs> I feel like you and I are probably on the same page about this, where Danielle is complaining about this other little girl who is taking her spotlight and she's like making fun of the way the girl is walking. And Teddy says like, oh, it's okay. It's just a baby. Like, don't worry about her. She's just a baby. Um, but Danielle is like pissed. So that kid was in the same age division as Mackenzie. So the little girl who is doing that is only like four or five years mm -hmm. old. And Danielle is eight. And she wants to act like she's a grown-ass adult, which good for you, girl. I'm here for you. The way she acts is so ugly. And I feel, honestly, I cringe for her right now because she's like a grown adult now. And thinking about having to go back and watch yourself be like that girl's taking my spotlight <laughs> it's just like it's so ugly the way yeah. she makes fun of her is so sad so yeah she's being a huge bitch and she's just like mad you see her sitting and like I guess you like because that was her talking to her mom about what was happening and then you see it actually happening so she was just sitting in the waiting room the waiting area and the little girl like is getting up and is just like mugging for the camera and like walking up and like doing a little a catwalk turn because like every child here loves attention. That's why they're in beauty pageants. Of course. And there's like a freaking film crew there. <laughs> like this isn't just like some home like recorder that your mom has. This is a film crew. And honestly, I know my mom and I know that if I was at a beauty pageant where Tyler's and TR's was being aired, she'd be like, you go over and get your little ass in front of that camera and get mm -hmm. yourself seen. So good so, for her. The little exactly. girl got seen. <laughs> but Danielle is just sitting there with like the saltiest expression on her face while it's happening. And then it cuts back to her talking to her mom and she's like, she's probably going to be on TV. I hope they cut that out. And I was oh like, my God, which, is, which is hilarious that they don't cut that out. And they're like, we're definitely putting that in exactly like, not only do they not cut it out but they're like oh thank you danielle <laughs> leaving that in so, oh that poor kid but then like she literally says to her danielle literally is like i'm done with you like she said oh, to a four-year-old dude she's she's a bitch like that's why i can't stand that kid but now that we're talking about it i literally i feel so bad for her as a grown adult because she has to know how horrible this looks <laughs> and yeah and here we are like bringing it back up 11 years later reminding I mean, everyone I just I, I mean I want to hit her up and be like are you still one of the prettiest girls in Arkansas or like wherever I mean where Arizona Alabama? yeah Arizona <laughs> one of those a places um so and then also there's this like really kind of out of nowhere talking head where Teddy's like oh well you know Danielle would never hurt anyone she wouldn't ever punch anyone and then the editors <laughs> immediately cut to a clip of her slapping her brother and threatening her mom like with a fist you can tell her mom is just letting her slide by with all of this behavior because of the cameras. But I just want to be like, don't you guys have a signal? Because there would be a look when I was a kid, my mom would give me a look and it would be like, Hey, I'm going to beat your ass. Look. And I would yep. be like, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore. Heard. I understand. Thank you. And I just don't understand why none of these kids have that. I feel like, I don't know, because there's this one thing that she does after that where she, like, threatens her mom with a fist, 
and then she's like, do you want to leave this pageant? Oh, and she instantly says she's like, no. Well, and Danielle's like, no, but I feel like it was more of a, and I know you're not going to, like, you're not going to make me leave this pageant because you want to be here just as much as I do. Well, yeah, she does. That's like her life. You can tell. Yeah, she's just like, no, more like of a, no, I'm not going to leave the pageant than a, no, mom, like, don't take me. So... She was, and then she just, like, does this, like, fake smile, like, yeah, I got away with that afterwards. Oh, my God, yeah, man. Her faces are crazy. She's like um, a method actor. She was, like, I don't know, either that, a method actor or a sociopath. Oh, both. I mean, yeah, there are a lot. <laughs> There's an overlap there, I'm pretty sure. Uh, we deserve so, a female representation, though. <laughs> so, Danielle has her beauty competition walk moment, um, she says that she thinks she looks beautiful in her makeup, and Teddy cries. She says that she gets choked up whenever she sees her daughter on stage, which reminds me of Maddie Ziegler's mom from Dance Moms. How she uh, cried every single time, and I was like, all right, we get it. Yeah, I hate well. to say this, but my mom was a crier, so <laughs> I would just be like, I, and I feel bad even thinking back at it, because I would just be like, oh my god, could you, like, not cry? Like, <laughs> because it was so annoying to me um so watching her cry I was like oh but then you see Danielle and she's like with my makeup I know that I'm beautiful and I'm like girl your mom's like tight line in those eyes the eyeliner on this poor child is just <laughs> horrific it's not great um we get a quick little scene that <laughs> that they just put in here to kind of establish something that's going to happen later on but Juana and Mackenzie have to go back to their hotel room change into their 50s wear so now it's time for the 50s wear competition. <laughs> I, I love uh, the pageant director describing the category. So she's like, you'll see anything from waitresses to car hops and soda jerks. And I was like, that's, those are three of the same thing. When she said soda jerks, I literally was like, huh, I don't know. I just thought that was so interesting that she said that. But I was like, a, wait- a car hop is a waitress that goes to cars, and a soda jerk is a waitress that brings soda. <laughs> like, she, she literally Googled, like, cinnamon, like, the cinnamon, the cinnamon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say it. Oh, my God, I'm making fun of this poor lady. <laughs> yeah, but I was just like, okay, I mean, there's, like, poodle skirts. There's all, there's more than just occupations. You can tell that's probably what she put on the application, and that's why the only theme where we saw was waitresses. Yes. Um, so we also see one of just, like, the establishing shots before they go into the competition of, like, the, the other random babies being presented on stage, and she, like, falls asleep, and the MC's like, we have a 50s diner girl. She just had too much fun at the diner. I was like, too much fun at work? <laughs> at work, madam? wake her up so scarlet is up first she comes out in a little outfit with a matching pink car of course kelly has like a ton of money to throw at these car props um and also kelly says in this moment that scarlet has stage anxiety which i think is really funny she is a baby (laughs) it's like her diaper's probably dirty just like change her diaper it's probably like the most mild things uh, Bella's up next. She has the same kind of outfit with a matching car, but hers is like red and white. Um, also, James, her dad, is being really cute in the audience, like waving to her. Which is adorable. I do. I love James. And I love his crazy shirts that he wears. <laughs> yeah, he's really adorable. Um, so then Bella goes off stage, and Kelly is being like, Bella did amazing. She had a better day than Scarlett, in my opinion. Which, one, is really funny because it's, like, yeah, that backhanded, like, underhanded, like, she's always, like, 
Scarlet is her favorite. Which is like, why do you have to say that? You don't have to say that. No one is asking you, so which one of your kids did better? Except the producer probably was saying that off screen. Yeah, you're probably right. (laughs) I'm giving TLC too much credit. (laughs) Um, But it's just like, again, how does a baby do well or poorly in a pageant? I guess it's just like her eyes were open. Yeah, she was awake. Great. Full points. You were not asleep on stage. Which I've seen a sleeping baby win. You just never know. Wild to me. Mm-hmm. So then Mackenzie is in her room up, up in the hotel getting into her 50s outfit. Um, so Juana says that Mackenzie doesn't know what the 50s are, but she's excited to do her waitress routine. And then we get this priceless Mackenzie quote. The best. I'm, I'm going to be a waitress for 50s wear because I think waitresses are really cool. They bring food. <laughs> They bring food. I mean, Same. just the cutest, the cutest thing. And amen, girl, they do bring food. Mm-hmm. Doing the Lord's work. More respect for our waitresses, truly. I know. Everyone out there better be tipping 20% or don't even come at me. <laughs> this is a 20% or higher podcast. Amen. Sometimes, I won't lie, when I'm out, I actually was talking to my boyfriend about this recently. Do you ever sometimes feel, like, bad that you're actually a decent tipper because you're like, oh, I am going to tip them 20% and you realize like I'm spending a lot of money, but you feel good and you know, you have to do it, but you're like, dang, I'm tipping 20%. Yep. Yep. <laughs> definitely. I think it's a millennial thing. Yeah. Cause we sure know those booby baby boomers are not. Tipping 20%. They <laughs> tip in 10 to 15 girl. That's it. A shiny Buffalo nickel. <laughs> So Mackenzie's upstairs, still getting ready, uh, but the MC is, like, calling for her. It's time for her to go on stage. We see, like, them winding their way down the hotel. It seems like their room is on, like, the ass end of the hotel as opposed to wherever this pageant is being held because it seems like it takes them 15 minutes to get there. Um, but they call for her. She's not there. Um, in the audience, Teddy is audibly complaining about how rude it would be that someone, like, wouldn't be there when it's time to go on stage, and she's making the other contestants wait, and even Shelly is just like, it's fine, you have no control over this, calm down. What's well, like, why are you even saying this? You know you're being fel- filmed, Teddy. Like, you, everyone's gonna know you're being, like, a huge bitch now. She truly doesn't care. Which, like, she's, but I also feel like she's not wrong. Like, it's not okay to be late for a pageant, ladies. You need to step it up if you, we're here to work. This is, this is work. <laughs> um, so then Danielle goes on stage. They, like, skip to the next category since Mackenzie's late. So Danielle has a waitress costume. Also, um, she does her little interview or her, her little routine. But here, okay, so here's her interview. This is, this is my theory about why she's a lesbian. She says that it's really hard competing against these other pretty girls because if she wins and they don't, they'll cry, and it's really hard seeing them cry. So I feel like since she doesn't want to see the other pretty girls cry, she might have some complicated feelings towards pretty girls. Oh, like, I'm, that was definitely one of the most humanizing moments of her in the episode, too, but then also at the same time being, like, slightly undertone bitchy, where she's (laughs) like, and, like, I don't want to, because it's sweet, because it's not like she's like, I don't want to hurt their feelings, but she's like, I don't want to see them cry, because I won. Like, yeah. But I don't know. The fact that she said pretty girls, because she's so obsessed with she's being, like, the most beautiful, the prettiest, whatever, whatever. The fact that she even gave these other girls credit there, like, kind of, I was like, mm, let me pay attention to this. 
I hope she ends up with a fellow toddler and tiara queen. Oh, wouldn't that be cute? That would be, and they get their own TLC show. I'd yeah, watch yeah, I would definitely watch that. Um, so Danielle competes, and then they go back to Mackenzie's age division so she can do her routine because she finally shows up. <laughs> Um, and then, so we have Lana, the, one of the judges, uh, she gets a little interview afterwards and she throws some shade about Mackenzie being late. So like you said, you gotta be on time. Yeah, they hate that. That's definitely the biggest no-no is not to be late. So then it's time for the crownings. So they explain (laughs) that each division has a winner and then the overall high point supreme winner gets the cash prize. So we kind of went over that. I think I understand how it works now. But is there a a high point winner within each age division as well? It just depends. Like, literally, I feel like every single Toddlers and Tiaras episode you watch, they have to give a breakdown because it's different in every single, like, pageant, um, just, you know, whatever pageant's going on that day. Because some of them, you'll even hear ones that, like, they have, like, a mini Grand Supreme, and then they have an Ultra Grand Supreme, and then they have a blank, blank Grand Supreme, and it's literally just them adding words upon words to make another title for something, so, you know, a lot of times they will have somebody who's like, this is the queen of her age division, and then we have a Grand Supreme of the age division, but then you have a a Grand Grand Supreme of the whole pageant, and it's just, the more um, titles that you can win, the more just money you're most likely shoving out for it. Oh, and something else I wanted to bring up that I think is really funny, and since we are getting to crowning, I wanted to bring it up. Mm -hmm. In every single one of these categories, and on most episodes of Toddlers and Tiaras, you never really get a feeling of how many girls are in a category. And let me tell you something, it's usually not a lot. So when you see about five kids up there, and those are all the kids that placed, all those kids were probably the only kids in the category. Okay, so that, that, yeah, was something that I was curious. It's not a lot, you know, and I hate, like, you think that pageants are popular, but they're really not anymore, you know what I mean? And they really weren't even in, like, the 2010s, like, they really were just doing this show primarily in one region of the United States, a few, uh, like, main few states, and these, this was why we saw a lot of the same girls, you see a lot of the same pageant circuits, but it's not a lot of girls in that age division. So I think it's funny that like, I think the first crowning we do is the the babies and Kelly starts off and she goes, it was a really tough group. And I'm like, of what, five babies? Like, <laughs> and you have two of them. Yeah. So it's like, you, you don't really get a good, you, you definitely don't get a good representation of like true pageant world when watching the show, which obviously I don't think that's TLC's goal when airing the show. I think it's obvious. It's about like, the drama and um, all the fun that goes, the quote-unquote fun that goes on behind uh, the pageant world, but there is a lot of, like, just dumb semantics that are going on behind it like that. Yeah, that makes sense, too, because I think at one point, Teddy even says, like, oh, there are 50 girls in this pageant, so it's really tough, and to me, like, 50 isn't a lot. Like, I would go to... No, and that's 50 out of the whole pageant. That's 50 out of, like, from zero from years babies old to, the yeah, to like teens. an 18 year old girl yeah yeah, yeah so and so I was not. shocked like that that was like a lot because it, they make it seem like it's a ton of people yeah and you can't really tell and then you're just thinking about I mean I know that like I, I feel like for most people watching this show our experience with these kind of like extracurricular activities that have the same sort of vibe as pageants like your sports competitions or your your theater competitions or speech and debate like these huge 
events that you go to on the weekends have like hundreds and hundreds of kids there each weekend. And so the kind of that's the mindset that I'm coming from of like going to speech yeah. and debate or going to like a theater competition or something like that. And then, yeah, if you have like actual experience in the pageant world, you know that it's much, much smaller than that. So that's, you're really opening my mind to a lot now. It's kind of, and it's kind of embarrassing, honestly, because once you're older and you look back on it, I'm like, cool, me and like five other girls were just in this shitty ass Holiday Inn in West Virginia, like putting on these fancy dresses and makeup and um, a crappy hotel room to go and do this. You know what I mean? It's like, it's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, they do the, the tiny tot division crowning, um, Isabella is first runner up and Scarlett wins the division. So her title is tiny tot, Arizona, one year old queen. Yay. Hilarious. Um, and so then they, she also wins high point winner within that division. And I, yeah, this was all my notes here are just confusion. I was like, what does this mean? And it's just, like, this one pageant circuit is calling it that. Like, they may even call it something else in somewhere. And, you know, some pageants have strict rules where they don't want the same people winning. Mm -hmm. So the Grand Supreme person won't win any of those other titles. And you do see that happen a lot in on some of the episodes yeah. where they'll, they'll seem excited or happy that they didn't get the queen. Oh, yeah. The moms like, will freak out. They're like, we don't want them to win queen. F the queen. Like, they're, you know, they, they definitely want that Grand Supreme. So... It just depends. I feel like Toddlers and Tiaras just doesn't do a very good job with giving you the heads up on how different this one may mm -hmm. be. Like, there's not any, like, black and white rules for pageants. They kind of just all do their own thing. Ah, uh, that makes, it makes so much more sense now. Thank you really are just blowing my mind. Um, so then we have the Tiny Miss Division, so Mackenzie. Uh, she gets second runner-up. Juana says that she was let down that she didn't win the Grand Supreme, but, you know, she had a good time. She had a good pageant day. And I was like, she threw a fit how many times in the middle of the day and that was considered a good pageant day yeah and I'm not trying to throw shade at all but especially for a girl like Mackenzie who has one second runner-up is not a good pageant day <laughs> honey like and I definitely think she was robbed of course like I said I didn't see the other kids I did notice um like I said I did notice that the winner was a girl that was wearing slippers and you know that could have been something that they took points off of Mackenzie for which whatever but my girl was robbed so I think it's here no it's definitely in the supreme crownings but I think the girl who won that division was, was this the thing? girl yep was the girl that Danielle was so pissed oh my God, about I know I'm so happy you brought it up because I noticed too and I was like look at her she is like looks like she is going to be on tv Danielle sorry <laughs> and then to watch Danielle I mean obviously we're not there but just to watch her yep. crack and oh. start crying on stage I'm like girl clean it up <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, Mackenzie wins her second runner-up. Um, she's really excited about her little, like, medal. She's, like, Oh, yeah, she's sweet. Waving and, it. and like I said, her mom's, like, not a shitty pageant mom. She's just, like, whatever. And I noticed that her mom's pregnant, so she's probably just kind of, like, oh, okay. Like. <laughs> um, so then Danielle's division is next. Teddy says that she believes wholeheartedly that Danielle will win. When, does, when has Teddy ever not believed wholeheartedly that Danielle will win? She's such a beautiful girl. And Danielle says that if she doesn't win, she might tackle the judges. So it sounds like she, so she wins a bunch of categories in this, which I understand now. Uh, she wins like Sweetheart Queen and Miss Junior Miss Arizona, but she wins something that sounds like they say character centerfold winner. Did you pick up on that at all? Yeah, I heard them and I think it was probably just some like 
basically like RuPaul's Drag Race. Charisma, uniqueness, nervous <laughs> talent. Like, I mean, you basically had the best personality, but they wanted to call it something different. Okay, so yeah, she wins something like that. Um, and she wins like basically every everything you can fucking win. Uh, and she says that she's happy she won the queen title because it must mean that she's one of the prettiest girls in Arizona. Like, girl, there was five people in your age group. <laughs> Uh, one of the prettiest five girls in oh, her age group in this, this Holiday Inn on this Saturday. Exactly. Um, and then Teddy, I feel like it's kind of funny because Teddy actually gets more nervous now that Danielle's like up for the Grand Supreme because it's like, if she doesn't win it, what is she going to do? She's going to freak. She's going to trash the hotel room. She, she said. So it's the high point crowning. So we have both Danielle and Scarlett are in the running of our girls that we've been following. Um, Danielle's edge of my seat because I like couldn't remember. So I was like, oh my God, who is it? (laughs) Danielle says that uh, she will probably run off stage and cry if she doesn't win, which a little bit of foreshadowing there. So the first is the mini Supreme. And what kills me is that it's someone from the Miss Division. So it's like a whole ass teenager wins the mini Supreme. And there was probably like, the older you get, the less people who are in your category. So that poor girl probably just won from default. (laughs) So I just, I always feel so bad for like the teenage contestants who keep getting beat out by literal children. From a baby. So then the Supreme wins, and that was the girl that we mentioned earlier who was, like, mugging for the camera. It's Danielle's nemesis. I want to know who this girl is. I need to follow up on her. I think her name is Ellison, but I didn't do any, like, research on her. I I can try and do some after we get off and see if I can find her. Um, Because I feel like she probably had a very lucrative pageant career. She had, like, the pageant look down. Oh, yeah, she had her flippers in for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so then the Grand Supreme wins, and it is Scarlet, a literal baby. Oh, man, and to see Danielle's face, just, it is like Kim Kardashian, <laughs> slow, ugly cry. Yes. She just starts to crack, and, like, the whole world is falling, and I just bust it out laughing. Like There's people that are dying, Danielle. <laughs> like, like, yeah, seriously, like, girl, calm down. And she won queen. Like, she won, like, not, every, she swept her category. It's not that big of a deal. And, like, I guess, like, also, though, I do feel for her in the sense that I feel like a thousand dollars to her family would have obviously been a lot different than the thousand dollars to Kelly's family however that's what you get when you're an ugly winner and I mean (laughs) you like you're acting ugly my mom always said that to me growing Mm -hmm. up you can't be an ugly winner as an act ugly like her and her mom both the way they get mad about uh the baby how could that baby beat me yeah and Danielle's like I don't think it's fair that a baby won a thousand dollars when it can't even sing or dance or do anything but pee and poop (laughs) oh I'd hide that baby from that girl dang (laughs) I know right and yeah Danielle cries in her little interview and the producer's like do you want to take a break and she's like yeah and like so sad and meanwhile Kelly is stoked and she's like you know, people are confused about how a baby can win the Grand Supreme. I think it's jealousy. I'm like, yeah, no shit, it's jealousy. Of course it's jealousy. But people are still confused. I'm not jealous of your baby and I'm confused. But now I know. Now I understand. And she says, like, now this proves 
that they have what it takes to be in pageants. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> but what about all those other crowns that you were showing at the top of the episode? What did that prove? Yeah, that was shit. That was nothing. This just proves that they have what it takes. And then we end with wholesome Mackenzie throwing a fit because she wants to go swimming in the hotel pool. And she gets to. One of the best reasons to do pageants, I 100% agree on, is because you get to do hotel pools. What's that one girl who, um, in one of the other, po- like, Toddlers and Tiaras episodes, like, wins, and she's like, I get my cow, and she was gonna buy a cow with her winnings. Which is also very cute. I love when the Toddlers and Tiaras, and she's like, most of the moms will go on there, and they're like, this is my little daughter, and she just loves playing in the mud, but she loves Tiaras, too. She's just <laughs> the best of both worlds, and I'm like, okay. So that's it. That is the end of our episode. Um, so the where are they nows, what I could find of them at least. Um, Mackenzie was the person that I found the most on, but it's not a ton. Um, she competed in pageants like regularly until 2013, and that's about when she stepped away. So like right around when the show was kind of winding down anyway. Um, although apparently she did compete and won last year in preteen Miss Louisiana Pecan Festival Queen. Oh, that's, that's very similar to what we had growing up. Like, those were the pageants I competed in. That sounds like a good title, Pecan Festival Queen. <laughs> um, and also last year at New York Fashion Week, she modeled with some of the other toddlers and Tiara's alumna, Eden Wood and Isabella Barrett. So they modeled um, in a campaign. And it's, it's pretty cute. Like, I looked at her pictures, and she looks, like, very professional. I honestly have got to look at those. My girl Mackenzie's stepping up. And she um, she has an Instagram. It's not super active. She posted, I think she like hadn't really posted since April. But in April, she had a new kitten, and it was really cute. Oh, yay. So that's what Mackenzie's up to. Also, she has like a little sister. I saw a picture of her with her little sister. It's cute. Um, Danielle is really hard to find. Like, I could not. I searched everywhere for her. The one thing that I did find, because I couldn't really find her last name, I found a pageant person named Danielle Kirby, but I don't know if this is the same girl. It kind of looks like her. There's a Facebook page for Miss Illinois Junior High America, Um, and I know in this episode she was living in Arizona. I don't know if her family maybe moved to Illinois and she continued to compete there, but either way, it was hard to find her. I really thought she would be more, like, social media active or... Well, because she wanted to be famous. Yeah, like, I just thought that she would have a bigger internet footprint. Yeah, she's not doing a very good job at accomplishing that <laughs> dream, I'll tell you what. Um, and then Scarlett and Isabella, the twins, they have a Facebook page that's, like, dedicated to them, but it oh looks like it hasn't been updated since, like, 2013, so I have no idea what they're up to. Uh, Kelly herself, I did find on Facebook. She's very active on Facebook. I scrolled for a long time and only got back like two weeks. Um, but she doesn't post like a ton about the girls now. She posted a few like throwback pictures from when they were babies. So I couldn't really find like a ton of up-to-date info. But I think they're only like 10 years old. So they're probably not doing very much. Still flying in their jet. That's what they're doing. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. It's, I think her and her husband are still together. So like, good for them. Well, yeah. Good for them. She deserves it. She's still living her Cinderella dream. Good for you, Kelly, with an eye. <laughs> um, and then does it hold up? Is it worth a rewatch? I mean, I think so. I think it definitely is worth a rewatch. I mean, in terms of holding up, it's not any worse than the shit that TLC is putting out these days with 90 Day Fiance and love after lockup and everything else, all this madness, but I don't know, what do you think? Was there anything, like, terribly dated that you caught on to, or did it all seem kind of just, like, 
this weird time capsule of a featureless hotel conference room. <laughs> I definitely do feel, I, I definitely feel like it's still worth a watch just because, you know, I'm a bitch for the theater and I love, um, I love a good drag. And I feel like that's really what Toddlers and TRs is all about is the theater and the drama and the drag. So I stand behind it for that, but obviously it's definitely important for us to watch it through 2019 lens slash almost 2020 lens and know that a lot of that shit is absolutely ludicrous, but hey, it's reality TV. I mean, that's like all of it, right? Yeah. I, the, the thing that makes it slightly more problematic is that it is children, but I mean, there's other shit there's going like on. There's like worse things going on with kids on TV right now. Come on. Yeah. Dance moms, like Abby Lee Miller is far more abusive than that any is, pageant moms. Yeah. That is straight abuse. I watched a few episodes of that and I listened to your episode that you did on it. And I mean, I'm not a dance girl, so I didn't watch it religiously, but y'all, that's scary. Mm-hmm. So this is not, I don't know, it's obviously problematic, but what isn't on reality TV? Amen. We love to watch the trash. All right. Well, do you want to plug what you can plug? Oh my God, I would love to. Um, So I actually sell vintage clothing online. You should follow my Instagram. It's called Golden Trash. I have lots of goodies from the 60s to Y2K, and I just did a very fun um, Halloween drop today of curated costumes from vintage pieces. Uh, I think it's really fun. So give your girl a follow and check me out. And you can follow me on my personal Instagram account. It is Danielle's Modern Life, uh, kind of a spinoff of Rocco's Modern Life. So <laughs> come find me, please. Yeah, your uh, your Halloween costumes. I know we talked about this before we start recording, but they're super cool. So everyone go check them out. I'm sure they'll all be sold out by the time this episode comes out, but scroll back and look at them because oh they're God, really I hope fun. So. Thank you. <laughs> they're really, really fun. Um, and if not, hopefully they get sold from your little plug right here. Amen. Secure the bag, girl. All right. So thank you everyone for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Danielle, thank you so much for being here and providing all of your wisdom and insight into the world of child beauty pageants. Oh my God. Thank you for uh, feeding us children, Riley. It's important. (laughs) You're doing the Lord's work every week. I'm always ready to hear your opinion on the trash that we grew up with and the trash that made me. I'm so happy. Ah, stop it. You flatter me. Um, So everyone, if you would like to uh, rate this podcast, you can do so on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and all those other wonderful places. Leave me a review, subscribe. That would be lovely. You can follow me on Facebook, Snapback to Reality Podcast. Although shit's going wrong with Facebook and it's not connecting to my Instagram anymore. So it looks like I don't post and I try my best. So whatever, follow me on Instagram um, at Snapback to Reality Pod. My personal Instagram is at really underscore Riley. And of course, you can always email me at snapbackpodcast at gmail.com. But until next time, bye.